Welcome to Addicted to Busy, the podcast specifically for overachieving property managers who are dying for a little more work-life balance in their lives. Each week, we dismantle all the BS that holds us back. You'll learn how to nix those tricky self-sabotaging habits so that you have the time, energy, and motivation to create what you really want in life. If you're looking to shift from overcommitted to overjoyed, this is the podcast for you. Let's do this. Now, your host, Anna Havalyana. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Addicted to Busy. I'm doing another off-the-cuff episode. This is getting to be a little bit fun to speak a little bit more freely and offer just a stream of consciousness instead of having a full script typed up. So bear with me again, as this is still a new way for me to record podcasts and communicate with all of you. But since we are at the start of the year, and as I've mentioned, the start of the year is one of my favorite times of year because I love goal setting and I love planning. I thought that for those of you who are doing New Year's resolutions or going after big goals, that this would be the perfect time to talk a little bit more about time management. Time is our most, most, most precious and valuable resource. No matter what we do, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And I find it really interesting to see how people choose to spend those 24 hours every day. Whenever I meet someone new who has an interesting job, or maybe they have a lot of different things going on, or they're running multiple businesses, or they have multiple hobbies, the one thing that I'm always curious to know is how do you sleep? What's your morning routine? What do you do in a day? How do you make it all happen? I love finding new ways to get more out of every morsel of time that we have. Um, I think one of the more challenging things that I've learned about time management is that in order to truly feel in control of your schedule, instead of at the will of everything around you, you really have to get much better at saying no. There's a misconception that getting more done implies that somehow we become more efficient and more capable and therefore we can start adding more things into our day. But what I have found is that the way that I have gotten more done is actually by saying no to more things so that I could do more of what actually matters. The way that I like to manage my time is with time blocking. And I think you may have heard me talk about this a little bit on the podcast If you have ever heard me speak in person, you have definitely heard me talk about time blocking. One of my presentations even goes over how to time block as a property manager. Now, it's challenging about being a property manager, say, versus being a writer, is that we have a lot of uncertainty in our day, and there are a lot of emergencies that can pop up, and tenants, vendors, owners can call us at any time, and so oftentimes, We can start our day with all of the best intentions to get things done, and then the universe will conspire against us. Despite all of that, personally, I have found time blocking to be the best way for me to feel in control of my day, even though there are some aspects of it that I have no control over. In our coaching program, I actually teach how to time block, and the reason why I choose that is because it requires you to build up different skill sets. Okay, so one of the things that you have to be able and willing to do when you're time blocking is do something even when you don't feel like it. And believe it or not, this is a skill that you can develop. It's the capacity to do things 
even when you have absolutely no motivation or you're feeling exhausted. Now, when we set up different time blocks, I love it because it's like there's these little scheduled times on your calendar where your prefrontal cortex, your boss brain, the part of your brain that thinks about long-term planning and really thinks about the end goal is going to have an argument with your primal brain, the part of your brain that just wants to be comfortable and not be challenged and do whatever is easiest. Okay. So when, when I'm working with clients and they're first starting the time block at first, they're very excited because they see their calendar mapped out. They're excited for all the things that they're going to get done. But I always kind of stand back and chuckle a little bit because I guarantee you that at 2 p.m. on Tuesday, when you've scheduled yourself to complete that report that you really don't want to do, those feelings of motivation and excitement, they're completely gone. But it's also in those moments at that 2 p.m. hour on Tuesday that you plan to do that report that you really don't want to do. That is where the real work comes in. And that is where you get to start building the muscle of learning how to do things when you really, really don't want to do them. And the more you do it, the more it becomes second nature and the more you can get done in your day. So for those of you who have New Year's resolutions that you're setting, you are likely asking yourself to create some sort of tangible result. and creating any kind of tangible result, whether that is a money goal, savings goal, a fitness goal or a hobby goal, it's going to take time. So you have to have a relationship with time and how you choose to manage it. And you've got to be willing to grow through that process. As much as I'm sitting here on this podcast, talking about it and teaching about it, it's not like I'm an expert in this. Every year, I'm still finding tiny little tweaks and mental roadblocks to the way that I manage my time. I do think that I am good with time management, but I always think that I can be a little bit better. For example, I just talked about the skill of being able to do something when you really, really don't want to do it. I am excellent at that when it comes to running. Uh, That took a very long time to develop. It took a lot of commitment. It took a lot of trial and error. But as any of my friends and family will tell you, even when I'm on vacation or even when I'm home visiting family, I go for a run almost every single day. It's just non-negotiable. It's something that I know is good for my mental health and good for my physical health. And so I've created the capacity to do that run even when I don't freaking feel like it. Just this weekend on New Year's Eve, I was down in the Quad Cities. My cousin was getting married. I took off for my run. It started snowing and I managed to do it, even though everything in my brain and body said, please, God, don't. So that is a skill um, that I've had to develop. But one place that I'm still really working on and that I'm not great on is getting started on those hard things. I think there's a former episode where I, I called this the dilly dally refractory period which is in essence, you know, all the tiny little things that we do to procrastinate getting started on a difficult task. So that's something that I'm still working on this year and that I will be trying to perfect and that I will be trying to challenge myself to dive into that difficult task sooner rather than procrastinating. Now, there are two reasons why I really love this process. The first one, and you've probably heard me say this a million times, 
when we time block, we are able to use our time in a way that is intentional. Okay, so every hour of your day is essentially given a purpose and or given a result that you're going to create. This is very different to the way that I used to show up to work, especially in property management, right? I used to have this mindset that I needed to be available for everyone at every hour of the day and that whenever someone didn't need me, that was the time that I was going to get my tasks done. But what ended up happening was I would start and stop tasks and I would get interrupted frequently. So there's tasks were taking much longer than they needed to. And then I would end up spending a lot of time working after hours and or working from home. So when you switch into time blocking, you do have to be willing to set some boundaries and tell people either no or that they need to wait. But what happens is, is you are able to focus on the tasks that are going to produce the highest value for the property. And when we start prioritizing those and getting those done and having confidence that we can get them done without interruption, that actually reduces our stress and helps us feel a little bit more in control, which then in turn means that when we are dealing with tenants, when we are dealing with employees, vendors, or owners, because we feel more confident that we are going to be able to get that task done and get it done on time, we're better able to focus on the person in front of us. We're better able to hear them because we're not worrying about how we're going to get everything all done, right? So that's number one reason why I love time blocking is that it allows you to be more intentional and choose in advance the tasks that are going to produce the most value for the property and or the most value for you and your goals. The second reason why I really love time blocking is because once you get really good at it, it drastically reduces your stress levels. Okay. So by contrast, I was telling you earlier about how I used to show up to work and I would just try and fit my tasks into serving everyone else. When I was working from that mindset, I really had no confidence in when my workday was going to be done. I would show up to work in the morning anywhere between 8 and 9 a.m. But because of the way that I was working, I never knew when I was going to log off at night. And that was challenging because I really felt like I couldn't commit to any of my personal goals. I really felt like I couldn't commit to any time with friends or family. And it was stressful. It was very stressful. I just always kind of felt like I was at the whim of whatever happened on site that day. Contrast this with time blocking. Now what happens is at the beginning of the week, I have a roadmap, I have a game plan for what I want to accomplish, but I also have two more things. I have an understanding of when it's going to get done. And I also have a visual representation on my calendar as to where those open pockets of time are in my day. So one of the ways that I experienced this was in the past, I would have a uh, supervisor ask me, hey, when is this going to get done? And because I wasn't time blocking, I really didn't know, you know, so my, my manager would ask that question and I would start to get nervous like, oh shit, you know, I'm behind. I don't know when I'm going to get this done. I don't know when I'm going to make the time for it. Everything keeps going wrong versus now if a manager asks me when something's going to get done, I can tell them, hey, 
I planned to do this Wednesday at 2 p.m. Now, this is great because I have a sense of calm knowing that I've already set aside the time for it. I've already set myself up to complete it on Wednesday at that time. But also if my manager says, hey, you know, I actually need it by Tuesday, then I can say, hey, no problem. Happy to move it up to Tuesday. This is what I was planning to get done on Tuesday instead. What would you like me to reprioritize? Okay, so notice there's a big difference when our to-do list essentially exists on our calendar because we have peace of mind knowing that, yep, it's impossible to do everything in one day. However, I do know when I'm going to take care of these tasks. I do know that I will deliver and I do know that I'm going to deliver on time. Okay, so the two big benefits to time blocking, again, are that you get to spend more time being intentional and when you get really, really good at it, you are going to feel more control over your day. You're going to feel a little bit less stressed. I have so much fun teaching this process and watching clients wrestle with it and struggle with it and try and figure it out. But it is so satisfying once people get the hang of it. And I think that this is one of the areas where people really get New Year's resolutions wrong. Okay, I think oftentimes when we set that resolution or when we set that goal, we're really visualizing the end of the process. We are visualizing having attained the goal. We are visualizing what it's going to feel like to be complete. We're visualizing what it's going to be like to have extra money in our bank account or be able to get a PR on a race or learn how to do that hobby that has always interested you. And so we're looking at the after story. But what a lot of people aren't looking at is the struggle to get there. <laughs> I think it was Mel Robbins who, she was talking about visualization as one of the tools that you can use to achieve your goals. But she pointed out that too many people spend time visualizing the end of the goal and they don't spend enough time watching the hard parts watching the parts where we struggle, where we don't know what's going on, when we're choosing to do that difficult thing, even when we have absolutely zero motivation. This sounds negative, but for those of you who are going after new goals or considering learning how to time block, you really have to anticipate that it is going to be a struggle bus at the beginning. And it sounds negative, but honestly, when you anticipate that pieces of this are going to be challenging, then when those challenging moments arrive, you are less likely to quit because you knew that that struggle was going to happen, right? I kind of like to give the analogy of like, it's, it's like watching a kid play sports over the years. I am imagining my nephew, he absolutely loves hockey and I don't know much about hockey, but I can tell you that I have seen a huge progression in how he plays, right? Like when they were little kids on the ice, it was basically just all these kids in a puck and all of these kids falling down, falling around, maybe hitting it, maybe getting it towards the goal. But then over the years, they start to do more technical drills. They start to fall less. When they do fall, they get up much quicker. You can start to see when they have control over the puck. And then later, once all of those technical skills have developed, then they get into the part of the sport where they are starting to understand strategy. 
they are starting to scope out the strengths and weaknesses of the people on their team and trying to figure out how they work. And they're at this whole different level of playing the game. And the same thing happens when you are um, going after your goals, right? I'll use the example again of time blocking just because it's what we're talking about. But when I start explaining to someone how to time block at first, I'm just explaining the game in theory, what it's supposed to look like and what the outcome is supposed to be. But the reality is that you have to build up some technical skills in order to play that game, right? Things like learning how to do things even when you don't want to do them and or learning how to manage distractions. And once you get good at some of those technical skills, then we get to the fun part where we can talk a little bit more about strategy and game plan and really honing in on the finer details. That's where we really get to drill it into what times of day work best for you. What times of day do you do your best work and how can you schedule your tasks to maximize on those times of day? We drill down a little bit further and we start to evaluate what types of tasks do you need a lot of mental focus for and what other tasks can you do successfully when you're maybe feeling a little bit more tired or when you don't have as much energy? Again, time is our most valuable resource and I really want you to take ownership of it and feel like you can manage it in a way that you feel like you're in control. If you listen to last week's episode we talked about how the problem isn't always related to the problem itself, right? We use that analogy about how when uh, tenants experience a leak, many of them will think that the leak is coming from directly above them, when in reality, it could be coming from a completely different part of the building. I have three clients in our group program who all own their own property management companies. And more than once, they have found that sometimes they think they have a business problem when maybe the problem itself is something entirely different, such as time management or money mindset. As you embark on your 2024 goals, yes, I do want you to focus on a tangible result that you can create, but I want to invite you to make sure that that tangible result is not your sole focus. And the reason why is because if it is, you are basically just in a win or lose situation. You have either achieved the goal or you haven't. And I am here to tell you that if that's how you are approaching your goal, for the majority of the next year, you're going to be in a position where you haven't achieved the goal. Okay, so if we're not focused on the tangible result itself, what should we focus on? Rather, and invite you to focus on the skills that you need to build to get that tangible result. Because once the goal is achieved, it's achieved, it's done, right? Like think of the example of like people who run their first 5K. Like once you run the 5K, it's over, that's it. It's said and done. However, when you instead focus on the skills that you need in order to create that result, those skills become assets that will give you a positive return on investment for life. Let's say that one of your goals was to run your first 5K or your first half marathon. When you focus on some of the soft skills that you need in order to make that goal happen, it's going to pay off forever. 
part of becoming a long distance runner is a lot of time management. You have to find a way to fit those runs into your already busy, hectic life and make them a priority so that your body has a chance to adapt to what's being asked of it. Now, once you really cultivate that skill of time management, that becomes an asset that you can use anywhere. You can certainly use it in your career as a property manager, but many of you are also juggling families and many of your kids have extracurricular activities. You will have to manage time for other people in some cases. By focusing on the skills that you need to build rather than just the goal itself, you start to evolve aspects of you that will bleed into all the areas of your life. And that is a really, really exciting thing. One of my goals this year is to become a better public speaker. I am pretty passionate about sharing the work that you hear here on the podcast, but I'll be completely honest with you. It's a very different experience when I'm sitting alone in my office or sitting alone in my apartment and recording a podcast that I can edit and re-record if I need to. It's a completely different story when you are up on stage in front of a live audience with people looking at you. As I think about this goal in the upcoming year, I know that there are a number of places that I need to improve. One of them is being more confident and calming my nerves when I get up to speak. And another place is being a little bit more free-flowing and able to respond to the room, okay? You've heard me talk about this before. I am type A. I typically script out all of my podcast episodes. You had best believe I also script out all of my in-person speeches. But I really want to become a speaker who can work with the crowd, have a little bit more question and answer and open forum type of conversation. So one of the things that I'll be doing this year in preparation for that goal is actually taking improv classes. Now, I have absolutely no desire to become an improv comedian. I just know that putting myself in that environment is going to help me cultivate some of the skills that I need in order to become a more engaging public speaker. Telling you right now, y'all, I am terrified. I am not entirely excited about it. Some days I am, other days I'm not. And I know that it's going to be challenging. I know that I'm going to struggle with it. I know that I'm probably going to make a lot of mistakes. But that's the exact point is that I'm trying to visualize the pieces of my goal that might be a little bit more challenging, but that I know I will feel a huge sense of accomplishment once I'm done. The other thing that I will really be focusing on this year is, in fact, time management. What's different about this year is that I'm working full-time in property management and I'm running my coaching business and I'm still doing public speaking. So the constraints on my time are very, very different than they were last year. And I'm excited about this because, again, I think that every time that we dive into a new goal, even if we've had to develop some of these skills, we're always given opportunities to learn those skills at a new level. Okay, so even though I feel pretty confident in my capacity to manage time and manage it well, I know that the year ahead is going to be different than last year. So I will inevitably come up across obstacles and things that I couldn't predict. So I'm going to have to watch myself as I react to those obstacles. And I have to make it a goal to always learn from everything that doesn't go right, because there will be a lot of things that don't go right. And I think this is where if, you know, I could really only give one tip or one piece of advice to help people achieve their resolutions, it's this. It's that you have to 
constantly be giving yourself feedback. There are so many people who they're going to pick a goal right now. And I guarantee you by the middle of February, they won't even touch it. They'll have put it down. They'll have given up. They will have moved on and they'll be back to living their lives as they usually do. But one thing that I think makes all of the difference is constant self-evaluation. Okay. Now you already know that I am a big advocate for journaling, therapy, breath work, meditation, you name it, anything that connects you to yourself. But if you want to make changes to the way that you show up in the world, you have to be evaluating the way that you show up in the world. Part of my time blocking process is that at least every other week, if not once a week, I actually give myself a self-evaluation on how I used my time in the week previous, okay? Those in my coaching program, they have seen this. We call it the week recap. And all it is, is a little journal prompt that invites you to reflect on how you used your time. Okay, so the first thing that we go through is what were my top three accomplishments from the previous week? Listen, we are in an industry where there are demands coming at us from all angles. Our to-do lists are never done. Even when we get to inbox zero, something else will happen. And it's very difficult to find any sense of completion because there's various aspects of the business that we are managing, right? On one hand, we are managing financials. On the other hand, we are um, looking at the operations of the site as a whole. We might be managing a turn schedule. And so there is very, very rarely a day where all of these different facets of our properties are complete at once, okay? So it's important to stop and look at what did I accomplish this week? What were those three big accomplishments that were high value? I think a lot of the people who listen frequently to this podcast might resonate with me in the sense that I also tend to be a perfectionist and a people pleaser, right? So I'm always scanning the environment, looking for what needs to be done next. I love inviting clients to stop and reflect on their wins because there's always gonna be something to do next we can build a lot of momentum when we stop and take just a few moments to celebrate what we accomplished. The next thing that we do is we ask ourselves, what are the three things that I want to crush next week? Right? We want to keep building that momentum, piggybacking off of the top three accomplishments from this week as a springboard into the next. Now, eventually we have to start doing some evaluation. So then what we do is we want to look back at our time blocks and ask ourselves, all right, what did not get done this week and why? We really have to evaluate the why. Did you not do that task because you just didn't feel like it? Did you not get it done because you didn't put the proper prep into making sure that you were ready to go at the time you were supposed to go? Or did you truly not do it because maybe the building was actually on fire? That can happen in our industry. This is the hardest part of the process, but it's also the most necessary if you don't take a look in the mirror as to how and why you're choosing to spend your time in the ways that you are, you're going to keep doing the same things over and over and over again. This is a delicate part of the process because it really requires you to come to terms with yourself, to look yourself in the mirror 
and let yourself know where you might have made a choice that didn't get you closer to your goals. If you don't stop to look at those choices and evaluate why you made them, you're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. As part of my weekly recap, I always ask a question that's related to my major goal. Okay, so for example, when I was working on paying down debt and saving up money, I asked myself every single week, how much money did I spend? I would write down the balances in my savings account. I'd write down the balances on my credit card, on my student loans. And I would have to look at those numbers once a week. And I hated it. I absolutely hated it. But I'm also telling you that that became fuel for the fire. And this is the exact spot where I think people lose touch with their goals is that they don't make a commitment to consistently stay connected to the goals, to consistently look at the data, to consistently follow through and ask themselves how they're going to make it happen. The more that I talk about this, the more that I realize how passionate I am about this process. So I think in the future, maybe I will do a webinar on how to time block, what it is and what it looks like to do it in our industry. Um, anyways, thank you for listening today. I hope that you found something valuable in here, something that you're going to try out, something that will help you get yourself closer to your goals, no matter what they are. As always, if you're interested in coaching, this could be the year for you. If this is resonating with you. You might really dig coaching because we get to talk about all of these same topics, but we get to talk about how they are showing up specifically in your life. It is so much fun. I love doing it. We have a lot of fun in the group program. If you want to try it out, visit our website, anahavaliana.com. That's A-N-N-A-J-A-V as in victory, E-L-L-A-N-A.com. In the top right-hand corner, click get free coaching. I would love to meet you in person. I would love to talk about you and your goals. As always, until next time, I love you all. Keep going. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Addicted to Busy. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.